Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we are here to talk about uh, the Berlanti Maxiverse, the new 52. If you were here last week, you know that we talked about Flash and Arrow, and if you weren't here for that episode, uh, why don't you uh, hit stop right now and go back and listen to that one, and uh, then just come back to this one and play from here. It's okay, I'll still be here. All right, you're back. Okay, so tonight's episode, we're going to talk about uh, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Invasion crossover. Uh, Sam and Ryan are still with me. Uh, so first of all, we're going to take a uh, quick break uh, to listen to a promo from another podcast, and then we're going to resume with the episode already in progress. Haven't been listening to the Revcast? Here's what you're missing. <laughs> the sharks have an economy based on... Gold? <laughs> Apparently. He has a shark like decked out like Mr. T with the bling no. all over it. Oh, now I want to see that. I want somebody oh to draw a picture God. of a shark with a, with a mohawk. God, pity the fool. I'm done. <laughs> the Revcast by RevolutionSF.com. Available at RevolutionSF.com, iTunes, and part of the ESO Network. Seriously, you idiots haven't figured this out by now. It all started when we blew up the time pigs, the time masters. Now history's all screwed up, and it's up to us to unscrew it up. But half the time we screw things up even worse. So don't call us heroes, we're something else. We're legends. Who writes this crap anyway? But that segues us into Supergirl. Yay! Which has no reason to be affected by Flashpoint, but because of the network move, feels like a completely different show this season. <laughs> well, you know. Because yeah. you cause... cut their budget by, what, a third or something like that. That's going to happen. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing that annoys me the most now is every time she flies somewhere with Jean, we cut to Jean transforming into Hank on the ground already without ever yeah. seeing him actually land as Jean. You know, just a slight red glow around the Hank actor. And it's just like, right. seriously, why would he, first of all, why would he turn back into Hank when he's about to do super stuff? You know, why wouldn't he stay in his Martian form? And second of all, really, you can't spend just a few bucks, even even go Greatest American Hero and just film a few sequences of John flying and just reuse them. <laughs> you know, I mean, something. You know, I, I just I just get so frustrated by the clear lack of budget that's going on there. The mistake there was going full CG. 
for right. Martian Manhunter. They should have done something more practical. Uh, I well, thought they, that they definitely thought that they were going to get a longer uh, time, you know, time period in the uh, on the on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Supergirl has suddenly become the Men in Black. And I don't know how you guys feel. I I sort of liked last season. Yeah, because I mean, last season, aliens were not that common of a thing. Now they're everywhere. Aliens were the threat of the week. Well, I know, but it was always like, what new alien that's hiding on Earth are we going to find? Not, they've got bars of their own. You know, they're so prevalent that the president, you know, is going to create an amnesty bill for them. You know, they made it sound like, yeah, there are aliens on Earth, but it's like the Fort Ross prisoners plus maybe like six or seven other people you know not not they're everywhere <laughs> and i don't know i i liked it better when they were more rare uh i i feel like this whole thing of alien bars and everything else is getting a little weird and at the same time conversely with the metropolis pd handling all the alien issues themselves the deo suddenly has less purpose than it ever did before and how they operate and why they're even there is a question that really needs to be answered that isn't really being addressed at all. Uh, and and it's it's been kind of problematic for me watching the show, which I really enjoyed last season, but seems to be kind of a mess this season. Not a problem. None of that's a problem. Okay. I mean, <laughs> first off, it's one bar. It's not bars. And there's basically this, this underground... I mean, there... Aliens might be like half a percent of the population is what they're saying. Superman and, to a lesser extent, Supergirl have brought them to the front. I mean, Superman is the the uh, um, quick. Think of a sports guy. Um, uh-huh. you're, you're asking you the know? wrong guy. <laughs> you know, uh, LeBron James. No, <laughs> no, forty-two. Uh, what? Uh, um, ah, crap. I can't. I'm. I'm blanking. Uh, but anyways, he's the Superman broke the 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 glass ceiling, if you will, of aliens on Earth. He made. He's made. He's the face of aliens, and he's made them acceptable. So I can see them coming out of the shadows, so to speak. Uh, and and in National City, since they the moment Supergirl showed up, and now they have their own alien, and she's recognized. The others have starting started to appear as well. They they feel safer. They feel more comfortable. I mean, you see this in life all the time with other issues. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've, they've, they've definitely turned um, Supergirl into, I mean, with last year and it was uh, a lot more of like um, really putting out the, I mean, the, the feminist agenda mm-hmm. um, basically. And they're continuing that here, but now they're kind of focusing it more on, you know, you have immigration issues, you have LGBTQ uh, issues that they're addressing as less subtext and more text of the the episodes like we you know alex came out and the episode that she did was actually very moving very touching um and they i think they've handled her coming out well to the point where then maggie's like oh the reason i turned you away is because i didn't want to tell you how much i really cared about you Um, which was so easy to predict it was going that way i just didn't think it would happen the very next episode i mean it was another one of those shortened story (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I, i feel like it's still trying to yeah in the second season i think because they have a reduced budget now that they're still feeling themselves out into terms of what they can and can't do um, I mean, which, you know, 
is only giving them so much credit, you know, and, and leeway because it's like you've got three other shows that you're working on. You should have this down by now, guys. Um, one would think, but um, can, I, I, I still really enjoy the show. I still love the yeah. characters. I'm so happy that we got a Superman that like yeah. is a good superhero yeah and and we should spend some time talking about superman because that is the that first two-parter i did enjoy a lot and a real part of that was not only having superman not only having him be the superman the the hopeful and inspirational superman but how well he worked with kara yeah. And how oh, much yeah. he respected, loved, cared, worried about, you know, all those things. It was like, it was like the perfect relationship that these two characters could have where they, they understand each other's, you know, uh, abilities. And it wasn't like he was trying to overstate. He wasn't doing like a Joe with Wally. Like, oh, Kara, because you're, you know, you're younger, you're newer at this, I gotta take over for you, you know, I want you to be safe, all that kind of BS garbage. It was just like, hey, Kara, you need a hand? Yeah, yeah, I can use a hand. All right, well, I'll help. You know, I mean, it was, it was really great how they did that. And the whole dopey thing where she's like, hey, you've got this whole, like, dopey thing down really well. He's like, no, actually, that was real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just him. Love that. I mean, that, that was like the best version of Superman we've gotten, I think, in live action since like Dean Kane. Yeah. Um, and and it was just yeah, it was such a well handled relationship, um, and it was so it was just like it was just so perfect in how they did it. And I I think it was at the end of the first episode of that two parter where he was like, you know, I'd like to stick around for a little bit. Maybe you could tell me some stories about Krypton. Like those those little things are actually way more important in terms of the character building than yes. like the big action sequences. Mm-hmm. No, I completely yeah, I agree. Mean, when the photos were leaked of uh, Tyler, I think is his name mm-hmm. in yeah. costume, I th- I didn't see it. I was like, he, I don't see this guy, Superman. He he's too narrow, yeah, and the shoulders. He just doesn't have the right look. But he brought it in personality and charisma, and I, probably within five minutes, I was sold as him, as Superman. And it, that's that's what it is. It, it made me realize that Superman is not an appearance. It's not mm-hmm. how you look. It's how you act. It's it's the smiling. It's the winking. It's the inspiring nature of the character. And he did it in a way. I, I would say maybe he, bad story, but Brendan Ruth did a good job. Um, with as the character as well, and this mm-hmm. this just I want I, I I almost want a Superman show for him, but I worry that that would just take away from Supergirl. Yeah, and like yeah. you said, Nathan, it's the fact that he he hung back, he waited to be asked, and that was just so that's Superman through and through. I did I did like him in the DEO when he's like shaking all the the right. personnel's hands. Yeah, like, <laughs> hi, those, hi. I mean, again, it goes back to like these little touches where it's like, hey. He smiles like he's he's actually like like you said, it's just his dopey personality. Mm. Like this is just him. Like it doesn't matter if the glasses are on or off. He is just kind of that kind of dork every once in a while. But, But I will say, though, that that did highlight that that scene in the D.E.O., where I think they've fallen with Jean this season, because mm-hmm. whereas Jean was like my favorite character last season or one of them, this season, you know, it started off with him being all curmudgeon with Superman and, oh, I don't agree with him about Kryptonite, so we're going to be, you know, not friends. But it just seems like Jean has been really blah this whole season. And then trying to throw in McGann didn't really help a- at all. Well, that that was only thrown in there so that he could learn about her and then... 
like th- th- again, like we're we're going back to aggressive, you know, ag- aggressively accelerated story t- storylines here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could have inter- you know, you could have had McGann. You could, you didn't necessarily have to reveal the White Martian thing about her until way, way after. You could have right. done the reveal of the White Martian yeah. thing after he got the blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, but then that whole storyline goes nowhere because once we get to the crossover, it's it's solved off screen. So it's like, why did you do that story? You did it so that he would find out she was a white Martian. Well, why did you do that? You did it so, you know, like nothing actually like is organically placed in there. It's done to get you to a certain point to reveal certain information, but then they don't want to carry it over. Like they they it's like they write, they wrote themselves into a corner and then we're just like well we'll just fix it off screen yeah whatever yeah I, 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 it's just there are several things like that this season that are bothering I mean, one is that Jean's character seems to be so different the whole relationship he had with Alex and Kara is so vestigial now you know and that used to be one of the most touching things to me that these were his surrogate daughters and they they barely have even mentioned that. Uh, you know, anymore this season because they're so focused on him and McGann, which I don't really care about that much at all. And the other thing is the the sweeping of characters under the rug. I mean, you've got Lucy who just disappeared with absolutely nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's just gone now. In fact, their whole cave base is gone when with the the, the hand wave explanation of, oh, we've got skyscraper bases all over the city car. You thought we just had one? You know, and maybe Lucy's still in the mountain. You know, she's still there. And I get it, but I mean, really, I mean, they they give her no, they don't even give any verbiage to cover where she is. And um, the other one is is Lord. Uh, You know, I feel like. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I get, I mean, they're introducing Lena Luthor because they wanted a sort of morally ambiguous, another one, and uh, she's kind of, she seems to be almost a direct replacement, because she's already seems yeah. to be at the place he was, where she's still a little morally ambiguous, like she was okay with marketing that alien detector, but not, like, genocidal. Like, not like mm-hmm. we're going to kill aliens, and she clearly believes that that's wrong. And I don't know if they just couldn't get the actor or whatever, or if they just felt like having a female character like that was better. Uh, but the only thing I don't like about it is that, again, there's been no explanation for where he is, why he isn't around anymore. And in yeah. fact, in the in the first episode, I feel like they gave some of his lines to Wynn, because they suddenly say, like, oh yeah, Wynn is fluent in Kryptonian, and they bring in Wynn to translate some things, but then later in that same story, I think it was in part two, like, Kara starts talking in Kryptonian, and Wynn's like, what does that mean? And so mm. it's almost like that was like the the Maxfield lore. Or what was it? Was it Maxfield lore? What was it again? It was something Max- Maxwell. Maxwell Lord. And uh, that was almost like his role was going to be, hey, we brought in Lord to help us with this tech in the Kryptonian language. And instead, because they couldn't get him, it was, I don't know. But it, it, I, it bothered so, me uh, a lot that they just, he's just gone now with no explanation. Okay, so Wynn can read it. He can't speak it. it you know, that's all that is. Well, no, and, and it could be. I, I'm just I'm just saying that they, they just yeah, swept the character under the rug. And I know that part of that was to do the Alex reveal. But again, all I have to do is watch season one to know that, well, actually, Alex has been on a date, you know, in the last two years. And, yeah. you know, it, that was, it was just not handled well. Do you really consider going out with Maxwell Lord a date? They clearly had chemistry. Um, they did, and and but <laughs> undercover at the time, right? Don't forget. And, and <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know. I, I just feel like they didn't segue it as well as they could have. I, I agree with that. Um, just like, but that 
just like unfortunately having to write out Callista Flockhart. I, right. it, well, those that, are just yeah. pri- I, as far as I'm concerned, that's just the the price of moving networks. If my mm-hmm. choice was losing those characters and the show continuing or losing the show with those characters, I'm willing to take it. But do we know yeah. that he was a loss in that same sense? We know Flockhart. We um, we don't. Yeah. He, he might have been. Yeah. Well, and that's why I don't mention the loss of Cat as something that's wrong with this season because they had no controller. They would love to have her, and so would oh, I. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like, that's the whole purpose of having Lena as well. Like Lena actually fills both the Cat and the Maxwell Lord roles, mm-hmm. just combined. Because yeah, she's morally ambiguous, but she can also be kind of that female mentor yeah. that uh, um, Kara can go to on the, you know, under the ostensibly for an interview, but it's really just so that she can get that life advice that she needs to make that decision at the third act. Right. Um, <laughs> now, how do you guys feel about Snapper Carr? Because I actually really like him. And I like, I like the fact the actor, that, definitely. Well, yeah, and I like the fact that you know, he's made it very clear that Kara, just because you want to be a reporter doesn't mean that you automatically become one. That, you know, there's like real skills involved here that you have to actually hone, you know, to do this. Uh, which was my problem with Man of Steel where, you know, suddenly Clark can just be a reporter because he decides that's the job for him, you know, never finishing college or anything, but it's just, hey, I want to be a reporter, and Perry's like, sure! You know? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've liked the interplay between them. I mean, he's tough, but I think that he's fair in his toughness. Yeah. Well, it's like like any job at CatCo. Like, you can just leave it and come back whenever you want to. I mean... <laughs> well, all right. Well, that segues us into the James Olsen thing that is uh, kind of bothering me. Because I feel like they don't yeah. know what to do with the character. Um, mm-hmm. Because I love Manel. I'm just going to put that out there. That's one of the changes that I really love. I love his relationship with Kara. It's so <laughs> sweet. And, you know, it, they have real chemistry together. And so I get why they wanted to break her and James up. I think how they did it in that first episode of the new season was stupid. Oh, it was terrible. It was so <laughs> forced. Like, in a way where you're just like, really? You couldn't have stretched that out over a few episodes so they can at least start dating? And then you can see the complications that arise from that? Like, it's not, mm-hmm. oh, I just don't know what I want right now. It's like, what? <laughs> With all of last season, you were kind of like, I really want James. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, it was such a mess. And and my other problem there with the segue between the seasons was that apparently they had a spaceship all ready to go up in National City, you know, mm-hmm. during the whole mess with Non. And it's like, really? You guys had a spaceship that you could have taken up there, and instead you had to worry about the pod and the thing, and where you can, it's not even clear how they picked up Kara in the first place, and I don't know, anyway. But, it was uh, a commercial commercial spaceship. It wasn't uh, a <laughs> government. You know? that's, like, that's like asking Delta, can we borrow your plane to bomb somewhere? You know, you don't do it. But, uh, <laughs> but you get plenty of, uh, of miles. So. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, the the whole James thing, and and now it's like so. First of all, Cat trusted him to be the head of her empire while she was gone, which I was like, great. So that's going to be his thing now. He's going to be the big boss. Except yeah. we mm-hmm. never see him really doing that, aside from that one episode where he had his thing with Snapper. Yeah, that, that's to prove that he can be the boss, and then we're done with that. We don't ever have to do that ever again, <laughs> right? And now the thing is, apparently, he spends no time being the boss because he's busy being guardian instead. And, you know, the reason why a character like Bruce Wayne works is because someone else is running his company for him while Mm -hmm. he's being Batman. 
but instead yeah. we've got James, who supposedly is running CatCo while also being a superhero all night long. And yeah. it's not really working because they're not addressing the obvious problems there. Hey, if Ollie can be mayor and the Green but, Arrow... But they're very clear that he's being an awful be. mayor. No, no, I mean, that's been the through line through the whole season. Ollie isn't being the mayor. He's not showing up to the meetings. He's not doing the things he's supposed to do. He's an awful mayor. And, yeah. and so it's addressed. <laughs> I, I, I think... I, I kind of look at season two of Supergirl as uh, season one done over kind of like season the, the season one one the cbs season one was just the pilot season mm. and this is the real season one and they're still they're they're finding their way in this in the new berlanti verse and in vancouver uh, and jimmy uh, i feel like they wanted they don't want the character there uh but they're just kind of too afraid to kill him or send him back to to metropolis or because you can't kill jimmy olsen uh so they're not well unless you're in the snyder universe (laughs) (laughs) but you don't but you don't let anyone know he's jimmy olsen that's how you do Mm -hmm. true (laughs) but yeah it's just i yeah his character and at the same time he exists only to also give win something to do right it's kind of like we've got these two characters which individually we can't do anything with them but put them together and maybe we can give them a storyline <laughs> right but again their storyline is like in a totally different show i feel like like the episode that focused heavily on guardian where it was the vigilante and everything else it was like yeah. oh so now we have our spinoff show that we're debuting now because win and james are doing their own thing while Kara and monel or and sometimes john and alex do their own thing over here it's just i don't know it, it's well, the the whole setup itself is just ridiculous you know it's the the lie is ridiculous because it's like what what advantage does it actually give you to have them lie to not tell kara i mean really like it's just a thing that you're just going to keep bringing up and she might almost find out but then she doesn't but then when she does then it's like again it's it's the cw rule (laughs) yeah it's cw unnecessary drama don't tell kara Yeah, don't tell Kara. But talk because, about it, you know, in her living room. Right, you know, because <laughs> she doesn't have super hearing or anything. <laughs> hey, that like, was they'd have actually... to talk about it in a lead-lined room halfway across the world in order for hey, her to not hear it. Hey, hey, Sam's going to love this. They address that in Identity Crisis. Superman hears what he wants to hear. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I guess the same applies to Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> It's not fair. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that the reason that uh, Superman didn't hear his mother crying in, in Gotham? <laughs> sure. But he could really focus in on Lois Lane, you know, kind of pounding on debris in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so how do you guys feel? Because first of all, I was completely on board with uh, Linda Carter as the president. I thought that was a great homage. I thought it was great bringing her in. She looked great. But how do you guys feel about that ending sort of half reveal where they made it look like she is also an alien? I didn't mind it. I mean, it didn't... I I, I was kind of more off-put by the fact that Linda Carter was so terrible. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did... Yeah. yeah, it just, I know that she said she took some inspiration from Hillary Clinton, but I'm pretty sure Hillary Clinton has more personality <laughs> than what she showed. 
That's saying something. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to be more positive about, it, but yeah, I, I noticed the same thing. Where yeah, yeah, it's she did not emote very well. Uh, yeah, like in terms of honoring Linda Carter and what she represents as you know portraying one of the first female superheroes on television, like all for it. And I loved how like Kara was like real, like just kind of geeking out yes. over her too. Like she's like, oh my god, do you think she looked at me? Do you think she like that kind of stuff? <laughs> Like, I, I like that stuff, but yeah, it was really disappointing that Carter wasn't better in the role, I guess. For me, the the glowing eyes, I mean, it could be she's an alien, could be she's uh, possessed as well or something by an alien, but it kind of felt like she was just going to be a kind of a one-off. Oh, you know, here's the president, it's just a nice little appearance by Linda Carter, and let's get back to the rest of the show. But then they did that, and now it's kind of like, oh, we've got this out there that we're going to have to come back and revisit at some point in the future or not maybe not who knows that's how this these shows work but it just it 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 kind of took an homage and made it something both more and less at the same time well yeah the mm-hmm. the i did love the reference to wait until you see my other jet which yeah. i thought was perfect <laughs> but um you know i mean to me it's the same thing my daughter said this when i watched the episode with her and she saw the glowing eyes and she and this is my nine-year-old daughter was like that's stupid. She's like, because now they're making it look like she just did the alien amnesty because she's an alien herself. And, and I completely agree with that. I, I did not mm-hmm. like that. I thought it really ruined the message of what they were trying to say. Jackie Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Robinson. <laughs> and, and so I, I just don't get why they did that from a narrative standpoint. It added nothing in my mind to what they were trying to do and could only take away from it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It didn't bother me as much, but I do I do understand where that that line of thinking is coming from, especially when they, you know, were using the episode to really make a comment mm-hmm. on um, on immigration issues, you know, in their own way. I mean, it's uh, it's not like you can solve all the problems in one episode of superhero television, but you can damn sure try. Right. <laughs> It's like uh, she went from being uh, selfless to selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, I, I definitely see that. It's, I guess, I just was. I enjoyed the episode a lot more than I, you know, expected to. So it didn't bug me at the end. Where I'm just kind of like, ah, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, you're reminding me of that Simpsons episode where Homer changes time and his family all has like lis- <laughs> like snake tongues, and he's like, eh, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned that I really like Manel. What what do you guys how do you guys feel about Manel? Um I I agree that it's it's a cute storyline that they're going through with, with him and Kara. Um I I like the aspect of the, the warring planets of Daxum and, yeah. and uh Krypton. Mm-hmm. Um I think it would have been more interesting if she and Jimmy were still in a relationship. Yeah. No. And you could have actually gotten that love triangle that would have made more sense than her win and Jimmy, which was really just a no contest kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, win. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I think that this would have been a more dynamic love triangle where she's connected to both of them in different ways and you could see how she could like you know, want to be with both of them, but they cleared that up real quick with not having them in a relationship in the first place. Yeah. Well, here's the thing to me. It's like Manel could physically handle a relationship with her. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, thank God they've, because if any well, human, if Superman and Lois have well, been no, in a relationship I have a problem with that too. I have a real problem with Superman and Lois because there's no way it could work without him murdering her unintentionally. <laughs> 
They seem to be doing all right. <laughs> unless, unless they can it's do Krypton sheet, the Kryptonite sheet. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, the, the, the DEO proved the only way to do it was if there's some way of controlling Kryptonite exposure levels that you can just bring down the powers a little. So if they if they have that, that works. But anyway, yeah, this, I think every you get two nerds together and talk about Superman. Sooner or later, this conversation. I mean, it, it, you could probably. You could run an experiment on this. You know, put two strain two nerds together who are strangers who have never met. Tell them you have to talk about Superman and nothing else, and see how long it takes before you get to this. But it is a problem to me because I can't suspend my disbelief enough to believe that that a human can have a physical relationship with a Kryptonian. It's no really. That's the one thing that just gives you so much pause in the entire thing. It does. It bothers me a lot. Okay, yeah. well, you're hung how, up on the wrong thing. <laughs> I mean, how about the fact that Kryptonians look look exactly like humans? Or oh, we don't know <laughs> that for sure. <laughs> we don't know every part of them does. <laughs> well, 95 percent of them right. look exactly like humans. <laughs> but you're so certain that Superman can't control himself well enough that. <laughs> And how does you know that's like a but at least Dean Cain answered the how does Superman shave question. Yes. Have, you know. <laughs> it was so important we needed to know. It was. Although that's, I love that part. meme where Wonder Woman is just like, you say that you shave by shooting your heat vision off of a mirror, but really your stubble isn't even growing. <laughs> <laughs> And it's uh, her. Her own lasso is accidentally wrapped around her leg, and so she's telling the truth about all the other Justice League members. Nah. <laughs> but anyway, um, but well, yeah. that doesn't work on women. Oh, okay. Well, see, the person who did that comic obviously didn't know that. But see, that joke is flawed, and now I hate it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but it will in the Snyderverse. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but to your question, mm. Nathan. Mm. About Monel, yeah, I don't like him. I mean, I don't hate him, but when he and Kara get together, it's like they become thirteen-year-olds. You know, I um, mean, but she becomes like a thirteen-year-old under all sorts of like when Barry and her are together, they become thirteen-year-olds. But it's but it's a cute Barry. Barry and Kara cute is adorable. Monel <laughs> and Kara cute is cloying. I mean, I expect her to, you know, break out one of those little paper things that you have to move around, you know, and count so many times you know, when she's with him. It's just like... <laughs> well, I did I did hate when she's like, do you like me? And I was like, okay, yeah. no. No, I mean, that is too <laughs> like, stupid. You know? Like, they're adults. No one talks like right. <laughs> like Like-like-like or just like? Right, <laughs> I know. God, she went there, Jack too. Was... if you want to go on a date, you know I mean? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like their relationship. I think that, I think my main problem with him is that his arc has happened way too good. I mean, it's to Sam's point of everything being truncated. He's gone from being this party animal jerk to being, to having a heart of gold within like three episodes. I don't think we're done with him. I mean, uh, my wife's theory is that he's the prince and that, or, or, or that he stole the 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 craft from the prince not you know was given it uh but there's something else there some secret he's keeping well yeah the episode before uh or the episode of the mid or the the crossover you want to call it even though it wasn't really they ended with those (laughs) aliens going we you know we've located where the daxamite is or something so yeah there is something more going on there 
um, that yeah. they're chasing him. And he seemed to indicate it had more to do with Daxum, like, and what they might have done, so it could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, I know, I know we're not done with him, but it seems like he's become a selfless individual. Very, and now it might just be because he wants to impress Kara, and I think they've kind of hinted <laughs> that that is his primary motivation. But at the Ooh. same time, I think it would have been more interesting to have him be the jerk for a while and having him be more selfish, uh, just so that we could have a better arc for his character. Well. But that, that it could just be a cultural difference. I mean, was he a jerk or was he just a Daxamite? I mean, like he was an enforcer. He was beating people up, but he didn't think it was anything bad. I was like, hey, I found a job. Right. <laughs> he was proud of himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like it, it. It almost feels like that there are aspects of him that would have made more sense. Like Nathan, you and I talked about this a while ago. Or it's like, what if you brought Lobo in? Right. Oh yeah. You know. Huh. They have hinted at Lobo. Yes. No, they hinted at him, and that, but I, I, I feel like if they brought in like '80s biker version of Lobo and had him as kind of like a recurring antagonist for Kara, would be like one of the best like you know mashups yeah. ever, just because of the feminist agenda of the the feminist yeah agenda of the show versus this character that embodies everything about the '80s and like like just the jerky dude bro, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, misogyny and everything yeah. that they could go up against. Yeah, if you've ever seen that Superman the Animated Series two-parter with Lobo, <laughs> just imagine substituting Kara in there for Superman, and it is perfect because having her be this strong female just makes it so much better to go yeah. against this guy, you know? Mm. <laughs> this scuzzy, misogynistic biker with superpowers. <laughs> it would just, I, I think it would be excellent. Now, if only we could get, like, Ron Perlman to play him. Yeah. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> that would be good. Easy, fam. So, so how do you guys feel about, quote-unquote, Cyborg Superman? Because <laughs> while I didn't mind them bringing back the real Hank, Sh- Hank Henshaw and making him a cyborg, the, in this version, there is no reason for him to be called Cyborg Superman because he does not look at all like Superman. He's doing it ironically. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Ultimate hipster. I, I thought for sure that if they did Cyborg Superman, they were going to do Dean Kane Because... Yeah, that would have made more sense. Right. Yeah. Because they kept it, saying, like, you wouldn't like... You know, if you saw your father now... You know, she said to... Uh, um, Lena's mother says to Alex, if you saw your father now, you know, you, you would hate to see what we've done with him and all this. You know, and I'm, so I'm thinking, oh, God, have they, like, you know, cut him up and, and made him all cybernetic? And that's, you know, what she's, she's hinting at. But, nope, it's the real Hank Henshaw, which is fine. It's fine to bring him back as a villain because he certainly has reason to hate John. And to hate aliens mm-hmm. even more. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, he says that he's just like, I'm Cyborg Superman. And it just seems so, like, over the top. And yet, at the same time, the delivery is so flat that it's just like, I, I don't get why you're calling yourself that. It, it almost seems like a name that Wynn would have come up with for right. him. And then, you know, they would have been like, that's stupid, but still called him that anyway. <laughs> well, and the other thing is the budget cut thing of they can only afford the CG for his cyber face uh you know uh for a few minutes so he has to wear that stupid plate over yeah. half his head where it's like why are you wearing that plate over your head because oh, they need to do like a phantom of the opera kind of thing with him <laughs> there just has to be like an organ playing in the background or something but it's not like he can go incognito with this giant metal plate over half his face so you know, it's like there's no reason for it i mean realistically they would just put more fake skin 
back over it. Let, you know, turn them back to. But, then, but I think we just need that visual cue to tell immediately. You know, we, we, there can't be anything subtle. Right. You know, we, it's got to be fed to us. You know, oh. He's got a half his face covered. It must be Cyborg Superman. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it would have been interesting, yeah, if they did. Because, I mean, if they have the ability to make him into a cyborg, you, you're saying that they don't have enough, you know, synthetic skin to put yeah. back over him. Yeah. So it, it would have been interesting, or it would be interesting if they tried to go forward and say, like, they did cover it up. And then you can have kind of a scene where, because both of them have glowing red eyes now, mm-hmm. like, that you could show, like, we don't know if it's Jean, we don't know if it's Hank going into a place and then like something happens and now it's kind of like trying to figure out what happened. Like what's the mystery behind yeah. going into that place? Yeah. Then you do a 22 hours earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most overused that. device in a TV show right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they could still do Are you enticed yet? Are you into it? Nope. <laughs> they could still do that because he got away. At the end of that last episode, so they could still mm-hmm. add the skin and do a fake out Hank yeah. substitution type kind of episode. Um, certainly. Oh yeah, I mean, and then the twist is it was actually Jean the whole time, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and I wouldn't have got away with it if it wasn't for you, stupid kids, and yeah. your dumb win too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, and I feel like, and this is true of all the Berlanti shows. Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> this is true of all the Berlanti shows. They undercut a lot of their villains and like really marginalize yeah. their potential. And, and by that, I'm talking about Parasite right now oh, yeah, because yeah. you know doing Parasite where he actually absorbs the powers and the memories would have been really interesting. But doing yeah. this thing where he just gets bigger and I mean ostensibly stronger, but doesn't actually drain like powers like you know uh, uh, heat vision or X-ray vision or anything like that. Well, they did the same thing with Metallo. I mean, yeah. that that's one of my favorite uh, of Superman's rogues, you know, in, in terms of like, people who could actually go up against him. Because, mm. yeah, he's got a freaking kryptonite heart and everything. Um, and I, I actually thought Metallo would have made a great villain for the second Man of Steel movie when I thought it was just a Man of Steel 2 instead of a Batman versus type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because Metallo would just would still give him a villain he could punch a lot, but would also get you know he would have the weakness that would kind of put him on par with a regular person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that the potential for Metallo kind of got wasted even in that two parter because it's like, oh no, he can shoot that beam at us. Well, we'll just get shields and that'll fix it. And like, oh no, they're kind of not working. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Oh, we'll just shoot him. Well, my <laughs> problem with that was that their shields were to- so tiny and Metallo, both Metallos kept shooting right at the shields instead of like, you know, yeah. hey, go their face, yeah. you know, go for an arm or something. I mean, I get that the chest is the easiest place to hit, but come on, try for something else, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you're going to give him a projectile weapon that's only in his chest, maybe give him the ability to move it a little bit more. Right. <laughs> I feel like this is a flawed plan. <laughs> but I, I did like that scene, though, just because of the team-up that it gave them. They remembered that Alex had that super-powered suit at the end of last season. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. was able to team up with uh, Kara, and then Jean as the surprise thing of the little kid, where you're like, what is this little kid doing in the middle of this fight scene? And then, like, Jean just opens up with the whoop-ass, you know? <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> and, and I loved that, you know, that they worked together to defeat, and, and, you know, it was the it was really good because of what Cadmus was set up as, as this very racist, anti-alien thing, and to be like, you know, we work together, and that's how we solve our problem, you know, instead of dividing, we unite. 
you know, yeah. and uh, and I yeah. liked that. Even, even though the division thing was kind of like, were you guys really divided all that much? I don't think you were. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want to point that out. Once again, the storyline doesn't really earn what it gets, but it still well, gets it. So. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Supergirl's doing it now, and this is true, I, w- I would say, further even than just the Berlanti shows. The entire, pretty much every CW show, you've got your, you know, your overarching villain. In this case, it would be um, Lillian Luther, you know, Cadmus, mm-hmm. and then you've got your villain of the week. And the way I agree, they're they're wasting a lot of good villains as the villain of the week. Um, when the reality is, is that their over their overarching villain is kind of lame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even what was uh, Indigo last season? It was like. Uh, you could have done something here. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very rare that you get that Manu Bennett deathstroke. No. Yeah. No, that's true. You know, and they've all forgotten that Non is actually still around but blinded. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was the pilot season. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Although it it's did, like- you know, that it, it, going back to Superman's argument with John, you know, Non and all the other Kryptonians, John was right. And that are to ca- to keep kryptonite around. Oh yeah, sorry, Superman. Well, no, and that's why I thought that was actually the. I mean, I get that they wanted to have them end as friends, but I still yeah. was like, that was a really stupid move yeah, okay. <laughs> to just get rid of all the <laughs> well, kryptonite. And it goes against kind of like the whole thing with. I mean, if you think about Superman and Batman's relationship, I mean, there's a reason why Batman has it. I mean, but it's also under the blessing of Clark. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I trust you to be the only person who will do what needs to be done. You could have definitely had that with Superman and Jean right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll get rid of this, but hey, I want you to keep this. I know that, I know what you're saying. I know it's, you know, this is still a potential. So here, keep this amount of kryptonite because I know that you'll do what's right. Well, yeah, and he, he could have made it specific to Jean. I don't trust the DEO. I don't trust the government necessarily. But Jean, you hide this somewhere that only you can get at it. And that yeah, would have exactly. been how to, yeah. They might still do that, you know, come back to that. Or maybe he needed it for a new set of sheets. <laughs> <laughs> could be. He, he took it to the yeah. Fortress of Solitude so he could figure out how to make that condom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, um, I, I, you know, it's funny because I didn't recognize him at first. But once I heard the voice and I knew that Dean Kane was right there. I, I didn't recognize him either. I am <laughs> so weird. You know? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, it's Dean Cain. But I it's was like, so oh. excited to see Dean Cain. Um because as as much it was as it was stupid and corny, I loved Lois and Clark at the age I was oh, when it I came on. Oh, I loved that show too. And, uh, I loved it then. Yes. Now I couldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and, and again, I mean, he was a hopeful depiction of superman he he was the good-natured superman so i I love that but what do we because you know lillian talked about the horrors they had done to him and how alex wouldn't want to see him but he seemed pretty fine well that's always that's the go-to isn't it he seems fine he helps them out he lures them in and then oh no he's a villain exactly Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah okay so you guys agree with me on this one because i i think them escaping was all part of the plan Mm -hmm. that there's some reason she wanted them out and about um, while she does something else nefarious. Jeremiah, it could be he simultaneously is working with Cadmus and also wanted to free his daughters. And so this once, he looked the other way and and let let Kara out. So I I don't have a problem with that, but he's definitely a bad guy. He's definitely (laughs) gone. (laughs) 
You're not with Cadmus for that long and don't come out of it. Like, well, right, if you came exactly. out of it like, smelling like a rose, that would be surprising. Uh, well, yeah, and he had free run of the place, apparently, where he could yeah. just go to the cage and let them out and everything else. So it's like, something seems really fishy about all of this. He's either part of them or he's Gollum. It's one of the two. <laughs> Precious. <Yeah. laughs> Running around in the basement, you know. <laughs> I feel really bad for Monel, though. I mean, the guy's like genetically almost identical to Kryptonians, but only gets super strength when on Earth and doesn't get invulnerability, ice breath, heat vision, anything. It's just, hey, you know, them's the breaks. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you're from Daxum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Sam, do you have anything else to say about Supergirl? Um, I think the only other thing is that I'm, uh, I do kind of still like the aspect that she's learning more things about her, her parents. Like last mm. season, it was, it was very much about how, you know, justice and how her mother's definition of it or what she tried to do or, um, maybe didn't have the best consequences, but was, you know, in the right place and how that mirrored, um, uh, Asha and, and her cause. And, and I do kind of like that she, you know, learns that her, her father made a, a, a virus that yeah. was for the protection of Krypton, but was going to basically kill everybody else. <laughs> I heard quotation marks when you said that. Which air quotes. When you said, for the protection of Krypton, I heard air quotes. And they could have been implied, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Make Krypton but great again. I, I think it... it, it yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's very... It, I think it is interesting how they're presenting the way Kara is learning more about her family, and based on like the legacy that she and Clark are basically kind of uh, reinventing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I like that she has had to realize that, you know, her parents were, you know, not perfect by any means. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, that's, and that gives her some real, you know, meat to deal with as a character, because really, a lot of the stuff that she's dealt with on Earth isn't really... <laughs> You know, all that. Yeah. It's, it's it's normal stuff. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, you know, finding love and stuff like that, you know, finding who her identity is, you know, what kind of job you want to do and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I, I do like those sorts of, uh, those aspects of, of going into her past and having those kinds of things. I just like that they brought the actress back for her mom, even though it was uh, for such a yeah. little scene. But when Monel walks in on her talking with her mom, because I thought that actress was gone. It's like mm. they, they killed her off. They killed off the twin. You know, mom was dead on Krypton. I'm like, we're never seeing her again. And uh, it was nice that they had that touchstone, too, that she can still talk to her parents. Yeah. It took a little while for the program to get from the mountain to the skyscraper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I mean, I want to know. Pot. They had, they had uh, you know, they had so many interesting characters in the mountain that I, I don't want to just see them gone. You know, uh, what's her What's her face from Almorath? Um, the queen, the warrior queen. Maxima? Maxima! Yeah! Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of how I see it. The mountain is the prison. That's where they're keeping them. You don't want to keep them in the... That's their black site. Right. You don't want to keep them in the Oh, no, no, city. no. I agree. It makes no sense to put them in the skyscraper. I just It's just another reason why I don't like the skyscraper in general, that I wish it was still happening in the mountain. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ryan, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Supergirl? I do feel like they're got to, trying to find their footing again after the move. Uh, I I'm kind of hate that I don't miss Cat uh, as much as I thought I would. Uh, I do miss her, but it, I've, it, the show doesn't feel like it's lacking without her that much. Although uh, I did love how she had that crush 
on Clark yeah. Kent. That was hilarious. Um, that and then they just—they're not using uh, Miss Tessmacher enough. Yeah, I feel like with the cat thing, I don't think that they would have divorced the show as much from Catco as they have if we still had Cat. Yeah. Because it feels like they're spending less and less time in Catco, and I think that's because without Cat, Cat, they they just don't see the reason for it, except when Kara's being a reporter. Yeah, well, I mean, Wynn doesn't work there anymore. Right. You know, uh, Jimmy clearly doesn't want to work there. <laughs> right. <anymore. laughs> you know? Monel worked there for a day. You know, oh, and, and that was another episode I had a pro- another part I had a problem with was that Kara didn't prepare him for anything. Yeah. It's like, what is this alarm sound going on? It's like, seriously, Carl, you didn't tell him what a phone is. You didn't like show him what his work would be like before Brady. It's just like, hey, I'll have him be surprised by every little thing. And it just, it was supposed to be cute and silly and funny. But at the same time, it was like, it was just stupid that she didn't do anything to prepare him. To prep him, yeah. yeah. I, I was annoyed like more a, than funny, more than trying to get funny. You'd think there'd be a, an orientation program by now. Yeah, this many aliens in the city. Or, you know, because she was a, a visitor to this planet as well, you'd think she wouldn't want him to go through the same thing she probably did. <laughs> right. Cause... Unless she's hazing him. Maybe she's really evil. <laughs> well, he is from Daxon. Right, because <laughs> right, she talked in the first season about being terrified of the microwave when she first arrived on Earth and stuff like that, where it's <laughs> like, you know, Kara, show a little compassion here. Yeah. That's just smart. <laughs> you should be afraid of the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's move on then to our final show, even though we still do have to talk about the crossover, too. And that is. Oh, good lord. Can we make it quick on Legends of Tomorrow? Is there really that much to talk about? <laughs> well, I will say Legends is probably the other show that has improved a lot, even though it started from such a low point that it's not really <laughs> saying much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've kind of taken the millstone of Vandal Savage around from around the team's neck, which was dragging the series down so much. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to have you try to kill an unkillable guy, so let's give you, you know, 13 episodes of pure frustration. <laughs> well, and it sucks, too, because I really think that the Hawkman-Hawkgirl dynamic needed more time to breathe. I right. miss them. Well, and here's the I thing. Like I don't them. miss them the way they were depicted, but I saw the potential that they squandered. Because mm-hmm. I, I hated the way they were depicted, and I hated the uh, ridiculous way that Hot Girl had no existence outside of the men of her life. I yeah. hated the fact that yeah. they completely got rid of Barbarian Hot Girl, who is so wonderful, and went with Priestess Hot Girl. Um, well, you know, which is yeah, like she well, could be what's both. The big difference here. Well, <laughs> you know, when Cisco in the crossover last year, when Cisco was like, "Hey, you're trying to use anger. Maybe that's Hawkman's thing, but your thing needs to be serene because yeah, you're a girl." True. You know, I mean, he didn't say that, <laughs> but that's what it almost. You know, it's like you're the priestess side. No, you're no, the spiritual. It, I mean, it, it goes back to the whole the problem with the Berlanti shows again is their their uh, female characters don't get to show the same type of aggression right. that male characters do. Whenever uh, I'm in. And this may sound as soapboxy as you want it to, but here we go. Um, the, the the whole thing is that the male characters, especially the leads of these shows, get to experience the you know pitfalls of of dealing with anger in good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas female characters, if they start expressing anger, then it's suddenly like you're a problem. <laughs> like no, you're doing it wrong. Uh, only I can express anger like this. You know that, and you know um, we've we've seen it with. With uh, the the fact that like Iris was lied to and she got over it in like one episode, <laughs> you know she's been repeatedly lied to, gets over it in like one episode, 
doesn't really bring it up. Uh, again, you have it with, um, what is it, Laurel? Yeah. Uh, Laurel got a lot of shit thrown at her, you know, for going against Ollie for whatever reasons. Um, Felicity very rarely shows, like, consistent anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Caitlin, once again, is angry for one episode at Barry, and that's it. <laughs> like, uh, so you have really inconsistent, well, not inconsistent, but consistently women are not allowed to be as angry as male characters on these shows. And uh, Kendra Hockerell is well, another symptom of that. Can, can, let me ask you a question about that, because I agree with you, but is it the fact that women aren't allowed to be angry characters, or is it that supporting characters aren't allowed to be angry characters? Is Diggle allowed to be an angry character? Yeah, Diggle's been angry for a lot of stuff. But, but isn't it wrapped up in just as quick a time? I would say not as much, because he's like, how much did he spend like being angry at his brother? Yeah. Hmm. That was a lot of episodes where he was angry at him, and then he felt guilty about killing him, um, which is also wrapped up in its own anger, you know. Yeah, but then Cisco, his anger is wrapped up in one episode. I mean, I agree with you. No, but, but Cisco gets a whole crossover in which he gets to be mad at, at Barry. He gets that. The, that's part of the storyline is Cisco forgiving Barry, basically, so that devotes more time to his anger at Barry. Than, uh, than Caitlin's like 42 minutes, which less actually if you consider like halfway through the episode is when they solve that one. So it's, it's, I'm, they do allow women to be angry, but it's the nature of that anger and how it's resolved that is not given as much time or consistency as uh, men when they are angry. No, I just wanted to interject in there that the thing that blew my mind is that the version of Hot Girl that most of their audience is going to be familiar with is the animated Justice League version, who was mm-hmm. basically Brian Blessed if he was Hot Girl. <laughs> this angry loud overbearing character that was such a joy to watch because she just wanted to hit things really hard you know and that was such a it was such a fun character and it's like this is she also but that's the thing she also had plenty of sympathy going you know as you went through the the progression of the series like you started to know more about her you started to understand who she was like the romance she had with uh, john stewart like all the that stuff created a more well-rounded character oh i agree yeah she was aggressive but she also had these other aspects to her personality the the cw characters only get like one and a half aspects to their personality (laughs) well what i was saying is as as a hook for the you know the major obvious thing you know that was mm-hmm. sort of her personality. I agree with you. That as you go through with the character, it gets deeper. But I'm just saying that she wasn't allowed to have even that as sort of like an obvious external trait. It was no. I mean, yeah. they, well, they basically alter her. They they make her the priestess so that it can be some kind of difference in the timeline because Barry ran backwards and did the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, well, I think it's more than that. They she had to be the priestess because they. You're forgetting White Canary was also a member of the group. You can't have both the, the only two women on the team when you get to Legends being, you know, the these angry, you know, badass fighters. Why? That's well, gonna, why? why I know that? you, you can, but why? Actually, they say they think you can't. I know, but, but at the same time, the priestess aspect doesn't really ever factor into anything she does except why? for as a crutch of memory. So given what you've just presented, Ryan, it still doesn't make any sense. Like, why not have two badass I know it doesn't women? Mean, because they're gonna because they're thinking character conflict. It's the same reason you can't you, you have one strong per you know, one He Man strong guy. It's it, the the this 
formulaic tropish team dynamic. Okay, but I, yeah, I, I understand that, but they still didn't even really do that in the, in the group dynamic anyway. Right. So yeah, and, and and I'm starting to realize with this new season how little Rip mattered at all. Oh God! And, and now <sighs> that Rip is gone, I love this team so much better. <laughs> Yes. Or is he gone? Well, no, I know, yeah. but he's been gone for half the season, regardless of whether he, you know, will be back, as he most certainly will be next season, but <laughs> or the next half. But, uh, you know, and I didn't think they could survive without Snart, but Heatwave has really stepped up this season yes. to become a far more interesting character than he was before. I mean... Again, like, when, when they first introduced... When they brought Dominic Bursell in mm-hmm. as uh, Heatwave, because I remember him from a lot of really terrible B-movies on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel mm-hmm. as well, and he just did not have the ability to emote <laughs> or show any aspects of personality, and then it's suddenly, like, he comes on as Heatwave, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Him and Wentworth Miller have the most personality, and I have seen them in some terrible shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I'm not too keen on Nate, and uh, my issue with Amaya is that she doesn't do a whole lot other than it seems like they're setting her up as the love interest for Mick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and... Why? And, 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 I mean, my other issue with Amaya is that her powers seem not to be utilized well because 99% of the time she chooses ape, which is okay. She wants to hit things, and so that gives her strength. <laughs> but then, like, when she'll pick something like an elephant, and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to be an elephant, so she'll just, like, run through a group of people, yeah. and she'll, like, they'll just, like, fly away from her, because, like, when she touches them, it's just the force, like, pushes them away. But then she starts punching again, and I'm like, wait, what makes that different from ape, then? You yeah. know? Like, you could have have the decency to grow some tusks and kill something. So, uh, you know, and so on a power level, I don't get how she works. Um, But, um, but the the core team... It's just it's done in post production, so right. you know. But I feel like the core team has really become far more. Sarah as the captain and having that responsibility yes. put on her has made her a lot more interesting. This whole thing with Stein, uh, you know, altering time and giving himself a daughter has given him some really neat stuff uh, to get mm-hmm. into. I mean, Jax hasn't had as much development. Uh, you know, I mean, they did have the thing where he found the the secret room, which wasn't really development, but at least gave his character something to do. But he hasn't. But, but how did your character develop? Well, I found a room. Ray had to go through the whole arc of losing his suit. I really wish that with Nate on that they hadn't gone back to giving him another suit because I felt like this was the point where they could give him the actual Adam powers and have him shrink on his own and, and let Nate handle the super strength side. But, you know, whatever. They went back to giving him the suit. But at least he got to go through that arc of dealing with who are you when you don't have the suit, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and so I feel, and, and Mick has has become so interesting as a character, taking on that whole, you know, like where what is he going to do next? Is he a bad guy? Is he not? Kind of thing that Snart, you know, did so well before. And I love the little hint. I don't know if you guys caught it in this latest episode, but when they find out that Gideon can heal brain damage, they said, "Why don't you do this to Mick?" And she said, <laughs> yeah. "Who says I haven't?" <laughs> Which is all, yeah. almost a nice nod to how his character is like almost completely changed this season. Is did she heal? You know, some brain damage he had or something. So I really like well, that. And I, and I like well. that they they brought Snart in as that figment of his imagination. You know, mm. like what what is really going on here? Is he like him going through this kind of like existential crisis as to who he is? Yeah. 
I, I didn't buy that. That felt more like we promised Wentworth Miller six episodes, and this is one of them. But that could be too. But I, th- I found it entertaining because I like their dynamic as like a, as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already said that I don't care for Wentworth Miller, but <gasps> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> but you know, I, the, the thing about Mick is they needed to do something with him because let's not forget he worked for the Time Masters as mm-hmm. a, I can't remember what they called him last season for so long, and he was tortured and brainwashed and so forth. So it's entirely possible that they would have to put him in that chair, you know, once a week, you know, at least. So yeah, I, I can completely believe that that, that Gideon was not joking. When she said, "Who says I haven't?" No. I just figure the alcohol does the job of just deadening everything. <laughs> no, I. Uh, what do you? How do you guys feel about the whole Legion of Doom thing that they're setting up? Uh, it needs more. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I don't really see at the moment. I don't see what Damian Dark or Malcolm Merlin bring to it. Well, here's my problem with Dark. Are they just saying in the 80s he had no magic or whatever? Because so far, all they've shown him do is do stuff that a normal person can do. You know, he takes out his gun, yeah. he shoots things, he, he does a little hand-to-hand. But it's like, you know, I, I thought from how they depicted him before that over the decades he had been amassing magical power, you know, all that time. Yeah. So I expected him to be doing, like, magic stuff like we've seen him doing. But so far, he hasn't done it. So again, without the magic, I don't see why the reverse Flash recruited him either. Yeah, I the the I, I did like the dynamic between uh, Reverse Flash between Thawne and um, and Damien at the beginning of the the season finale mm-hmm. or the mid season finale. Uh, just them talking to Capone and his goons, and they're like, "Okay, do you want to do this?" <laughs> right. or just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I think that the 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 biggest strength I think sometimes with these shows is that they do know how to do like little character dynamics, like little moments here mm-hmm. and there, and I think those are what save a lot of their episodes sometimes because if they didn't have that, it'd be like, man, this is just complete bullshit. Oh, yeah, I mean, we watch the shows for the characters. We're not doing it for the overarching story or the special effects. Yeah, right. pretty much. <laughs> Like well, the gripping storylines. Yeah, the, the twist ending. You know? well, <laughs> I love that this idea that they're, I mean, they say Legion of Doom with a wink because it's obviously not the Legion of Doom, but I love this idea that they've had of taking all the A-list villains that, you know, they can use and mm-hmm. putting them together on a team because it does make sense where it's like, hey, if you're a villain, you keep on getting beaten. You know, why wouldn't you say to some of the other villains, hey, let's all like get together here and take on the, you know, take on the, the good guys. And, uh, you know, they did say that Snart would end up being a part of it. And at first I thought it might be the reverse Flash feeling they needed a master strategist, you know, going like a moment before the explosion, you know, gets Snart and rescuing mm-hmm. him. Now I'm wondering with their end goal being the Spear of Destiny and remaking reality, if if by some manner in in their quest to get this thing or perhaps by getting it momentarily, they somehow, you know, manifest mixed delusion of Snart as an actual being or in some way remake reality so Snart is alive. In my real dream world, it would turn out that Flashpoint had nothing to do with Barry and was actually the Spear of Destiny, but I don't think they'll go there. I, I, it's just another, like, let's bring the Spear of Destiny into something. Hey, no one's yeah. ever used that before. Well, I'm just saying, because then then the fact that it doesn't make sense and that Flashpoint doesn't work suddenly, because it's, it's the reverse Flash's whims become reality, then it would mm. make sense. Ah, oh, that's why none of this works, is because it's not supposed to. But <laughs> I'm just trying to fix it any way I know how. See, again, I, I've i never seen 
Captain Cold as more than a petty criminal. I, I you just say master strategist, and I'm like, really? I just I I don't see it. I don't see why Reverse Flash would need him. Well, except that I mean, did you? I mean, how they've set him up in the Arrowverse, you know, meticulously planning every aspect of things, timing things, knowing to the second when people are going to show up. I mean, he is he is the master strategist. He is the guy <laughs> that if you're going to plan something, he he takes in everything into account. And lays it out, you know. If he was that good, he never would have gotten caught. Well, it's because of his ridiculous obsession with the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> or he would have been... I mean, what Earth 2, he's mayor, isn't he? That yes. I could buy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, that, that one, I, like, if, again, if they did any of those, like, tales from Earth 2 or Earth 3 or something like that, which I really think they should do as, like, a mid-season kind of thing. Like, should just, like, a, a good, like, eight episodes of, like, okay, let's tell some stories from these other, you know, Earths or whatever. Yeah. I would love to see what Mayor Snart is like. <laughs> Yeah, have the Wave Rider get knocked into Earth 2's timeline for a little bit. That could yeah. be fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd be all for that. You're city. You're city. <laughs> oh, Grodd's coming back at some point. You know he has oh, to. Oh, I know. But it would be kind of cool if you got, like, Grodd and Tolivar or Monsieur Mala and the Brain. Well, I, I think when Grodd comes back, we he might come back with allies. Because he was God. knocked into Earth 2's Gorilla City. So when yeah. he opens up a new yeah. breach and comes back, but however that happens, I think there will be more than just Grodd coming with him. I sincerely hope so. Yeah. Budget permitting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can only afford one ape, so it's just Grodd yeah. again. We'll mention a bunch of other apes. It's like one boomerang effect. <laughs> right. We'll mention a whole bunch of other really cool characters exactly. that are apes, but you won't see them. But- yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there isn't much to talk about with Legends, I feel like, because it is so much adventure of the week, you know, other than... Oh, it was nice seeing um, Jonah Hex back. I like oh, Jonah Hex. yeah, no, and I do I do love that uh, actor uh, and how he's playing Jonah. I, I did like that. Yeah. Although I did feel like the whole idea of a lady captain being so outlandish to him was a <laughs> bit much, because even yeah. in the late 1800s, there were women who you know, had either positions of authority or, you know, it wasn't unheard of. It wasn't common, but it was something that shouldn't be yeah. like, well, yeah. that's just blowing my mind, you know? <laughs> Again, it's just manufactured conflict. Be like, a woman? Surely not. <laughs> well, I don't know. Jonah was a confederate, right? So, you know. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, you say 1800s. Think more like 1600s. You know? right. <laughs> like, my word, most unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. Well, I, I, I will say the one thing I'm having with the problem of the setup of Legends is that in the last season, they were very clear. The only way Gideon was able to get, like, updates to the timeline and future knowledge was through a connection with the Time Masters. The Time Masters don't exist anymore, yet Gideon can somehow pull up, like, alternate newspapers whenever she needs to. It's like, how is she getting all these updates of the timeline? Uh, Nathan, yeah. the, the th- how she does it is shut the f*** up. <laughs> The infrastructure is still there. There's no one, you know, sending them monthly bills. Okay. It's like, yeah, you imagine they've got free cable. Okay, you know, go with it. They're stealing someone else's cable. But again, it's just it's just those inconsistencies. The it's 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 shoddy oh, writing. If we want to talk about inconsistencies, then we should get into the crossover. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I do want to say before we wrap up Legends that I am at least happy. I, I was very happy with the mid-season finale. Um, mm-hmm. I think the big the big fight, 
you know, where they finally got all of them together and had them sort of facing off against each other. The fact that they, they remembered that the reverse Flash has that tech to make him look like somebody else, you know, and just the interplay between all the different characters, uh, I thought was a lot of fun. And I like that we finally know what the reverse Flash's endgame was, because that's why I'm asking this whole time is why does any of this matter and how does this achieve anything for him? So at least now we have all those questions answered and we're all wondering why Rip is, has a horrible American accent in Los Angeles in the 1960s, but I guess that will be revealed. <laughs> all questions aren't answered. I mean, why doesn't you know the reverse flash just go, yes, <laughs> he can travel through time, but only apparently through the 20th century. I mean, he's after the Spear of Destiny, which... In his words, or Malcolm's words, one of their words, you know, was used to kill Christ. Why did they just go back then and get it? Well, um, a couple things on that. See, I think they've actually been fairly consistent. The reverse Flash has always told Barry that he does time travel wrong. That, uh, you know, there are certain parameters he has to stay within or he's going to attract time wraiths. There was also a thing in this episode where he was just about to kill Amaya, and then some, his watch started beeping. And he was oh, yeah. like, "You've been, you've been saved, or something like that." And he and he ran off. And they said at the end, when all three of them were together, they said, "You seem to be in a real hurry to leave 1920 Chicago." I think that he's worried about going too far back because of the, you know, the the exponential increase that changes would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that he's that he is operating under a thing where he is changing too much, and he's worried about attracting attention, and he feels like he's staying in places too long. And I think that's what the watch is there for. All right. Uh, I will accept that reason. <laughs> so so I think that's what's going on there. But yeah, I agree with you. There are problems with that. And I think he's trying to go for the places he knows those artifacts exist that are the most recent to him uh, so to, to create the least possible change to the timeline. So that's, that's where I'm going to stick with unless we find out different. <laughs> Although, again, arguably, if he does have the Spirit of Destiny, he doesn't need to worry about the time wraiths or changes to the timeline well, anymore. Well, yeah, but that's not until he gets it, though. <laughs> yeah, up, up until that point, like he's always like running from them, so he's got to be like, I gotta get my hands on this thing, or else it's just gotta, I gotta watch my back. <laughs> oh, there was one other weird thing I wanted to to mention. See what your take on it was. Um, when just Stein one. asks him, because Stein has never seen that version of him. And he asks him, do we know each other? And Thawne says, it's complicated. As if he already knows that at some point in the future, he will become Wells and meet Stein with that face. Is that what hmm. you guys... Did you guys think about that at all? Or did you get that vibe? Or It's wibbly-wobbly timey me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, why wouldn't he? It's He's from the future. He's got access to everything that's happened in the past. He might have... On paper, he might know that uh, he's going to... Well... No, because uh, he's supposed to be the unchanged okay? version. He's supposed to be the unchanged version that was insulated from the time change by the speed force. Right. So he right. shouldn't but know. Still, <laughs> but he might. Huh? Yeah. I'm not even going to try to wrap my head around that one. I'm too tired. Okay. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ponder that for a little bit. But it's entirely. I mean, he could have his own version of Gideon. Or wow. Hmm. Or Mr. Mixelplex came into it and... Uh... Oh, 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 if Gilbert Gottfried plays Mix- Mixelplex, or Mixie Spitlick, um, I-, I would love it. That's that's why been they said he's going to be in Supergirl, and I'm just saying, Gilbert Gottfried, people. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> the definitive version of the character. Oh, yeah. Don't get, sure. don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> I know. I, I am heavily yeah. informed by the uh, the the uh, verse versions of characters. But anyway. <laughs> All right, so the crossover, which uh, was CW kept on billing as four nights, even though Berlanti said weeks ago it was only going to be three nights, but yet everybody cried foul when Supergirl ended up being uh, just like a sort of vestigial part of the crossover, uh, which I kind of found amusing because of... Well, even then, it was only really kind of like two nights. Right, yeah, Yeah. because the arrow... Yeah, the Arrow part was a bit of a cheat because it was really an anniversary episode loosely tied in with the Dominator plotline. Which I liked as an anniversary episode. I just felt like it was wasting time for the Dominator plot. Um, Yeah. It was a side quest, is all it was. Right, and the whole. It was a side quest that also didn't really make much sense or impact anything, really, when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, because what the. Yeah, what Oliver's trainees were doing didn't really seem to have much to do with the Dominators, yeah. and so it was kind of pointless. Well, even what the Dominators were doing didn't seem to have much to do with anything. <laughs> like, why would you kidnap all these people and then put them in the same uh, shared you know, memory universe instead of splitting them up and trying to actually gain information on metas, which was apparently your goal, but you didn't actually talk about metas all that much in the course of the episode? <laughs> Okay, all right, all right, let's answer that. Uh, Shared universe because they needed them to interact with each other to create a more realistic, fleshed-out version, and they needed to have uh, some form of consciousness so that they could probe their subconscious. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh huh. Well, my problem was. But they all seem to figure it out pretty damn quick. (laughs) Well, Well, because it's shared. (laughs) Well, here's the other weird thing. My wife and I look at each other while we're watching this and we're like, I've seen this episode of Batman the Animated Series already. And Mm. it was almost like Berlanti just watched that episode. I forget what the title is, but it's the one where Batman's in the universe, where he's in the mind thing for that Mad Hatter, where he never became Batman. And he sees his. Perchance to dream. Yeah, perchance to dream. And it's okay. like it's like it's like he saw that episode and was like, "Hey, this would make a great episode of Arrow." And it's I don't know. It was it was it just felt like I'd seen this whole thing all over again. And you know what? It's a trope. I, Next Generation did it. GI Joe did it. I mean, <laughs> when you get to hundred episodes, you got to take what you can. Yeah, but at the very least, those episodes were were done in a way where you actually, you know, they they made an effort to focus on like one character feeling, you know, the trapped versus the, you know, um, uh, you know, which is the reality part. Like it's it's so obvious from the get go what's happening here that it, it really just kind of takes so it, it feels like it t- it's cheating in a lot of ways. Like even the stuff with Thea, where you know she she says she wants to stay. It's just once again, you know, there's no point to it really because she says she wants to stay. They cut away, and then she comes back. Yeah, I actually wanted to see Thea actually stay and be like, "Nope, I'm gonna stay in Dream World because I like it here." And because uh, there's there's two ways you could have done it. I mean, one way would be to write her out, and obviously they don't want to do that. But the other way you could have gone with it is they get out the other ones. They destroy the machinery, and Thea is forced out. And then <laughs> Thea is basically like angry at Ollie, and decides, you know, you know what? When I became Speedy again, this is what happens. I'm never, you know, and actually finally cement that she's not going to be Speedy again, and drive that <laughs> sort of wedge in there between them. And and that would have been a more interesting character choice than just, uh, you know, uh, oh, I'm I'm gonna stay. No, I'm not. 
<laughs> and also, apparently, I just wanted you to think it was right. And apparently, alien tech that they don't, even though they're an aggressive alien species, they don't think, hey, an enemy might one day get into our stuff, uh, and so we better in some way protect it so that just touching the buttons doesn't make it work automatically. Uh, yeah, yeah, I answered that one for you too. I don't recall Nathan. Well, no, um, I mean you just said DNA was, but but DNA wasn't no, no, the no, only thing that. I was talking about. You know, I mean no, no. you're like DNA is too hard of a thing to to make as the lock. You know, no, no not not even that. Uh, you go onto any Air Force base, and assuming you can get onto it and get out to the runway, jets F jets don't have keys. You know, you can anyone could climb into the assuming you could get that far you could climb into the cockpit and steal a jet no problem oh i had no i no, i would have assumed the military would be smart enough to protect their stuff no. in some way it wasn't like an actual key but like maybe like a keypad or something where you key in a code or something to you just hit the on button oh, and you're yeah, no, nice, nice. i'm just really banking on the fact that you probably don't know how to fly a jet right you know that maybe that's just for like convenience sake uh for s- speed and efficiency so anyone can get into any vehicle i don't know <laughs> or you know or again it's lowest uh lowest bidder makes these so you know but, but i did love seeing moira again i liked seeing um robert queen you know i liked all the little call i liked seeing laurel again where it was just yeah. like you know i mean it was kind of funny in a way unintentionally that when she's crying at the end that ollie needs to stay that it's almost like i, I want to be on the show again if you stay i can keep on being on the show but then it turns right. out she's going to be on the show anyway so i guess that wasn't what it was but but it was it was a very effective scene like you know yeah. coming from laurel like you, it, it it shows like just how good of an actress that she can be yes. when given the right material right and it was a gorgeous dress yeah yeah yeah, yep. it, it was better than a you know usually your 100 episode you get the flashback episode mm-hmm. so I, I think they kind of threaded the needle here they had to do the crossover episode they had to do an acknowledgement that's 100 episodes and so this i didn't mind the shared world aspect i agree the b team was crap that could have <laughs> been they should have had them holding the line you know trying to fight the dominators uh who are, I don't know, trying to take the vice president or something, anything else, but just going off on their side quest after a piece of tech that Felicity and Curtis could probably build in their sleep. Well, and it's it's also based on, like, this, again, manufactured drama where, you know, Renee is all just like, I don't like metas. And then they rescue him, and then he's like, hey, you metas are okay. It's like, what, the more you what know. is the point? <laughs> It's the same in um, in the Legends of Tomorrow one, where it's like they need a reason to sideline Supergirl. So then Ollie suddenly doesn't trust aliens. Yeah. Right, and... but he was fine with her in the Flash one, and suddenly he's like, uh, yeah. "Car, I can't deal with aliens." And then she saves him, and then it's like, "Hey, I, I was acting kind of stupid there." It's like, "Yeah," and I don't even really understand why. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, but how stupid is that? It's like, oh, I have a problem with you, and so. You know, I'm an archer. You're freaking Supergirl, but you need to not be here. You know, it's like deal with it, Ollie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like she's in. She's basically God mode for all of them. Like she can do more than any of them combined. So they have to sideline her so everyone else gets a hero moment. But it's so out of character for Ollie, and then it's so it doesn't seem so, like something Kara would do to just stand by while everyone else is getting their ass whooped. I mean, it, Ollie entered ninth grade right then, right. yeah, more so than usual. Mm. Uh, getting back to the arrow part I'm just going to finish up with Sorry. the one thing that really annoyed me was having Deathstroke and having it not be Manu Bennett and I get that they couldn't get the actor but at the yeah. same time it's like don't even bother bringing in Deathstroke if you can't get Manu Bennett I just, 
No, I, I think that's the advantage of having someone in a costume. You know, you can recast them if need be. I think it would have been more jarring not having him uh, than having someone else in the uniform. It's kind of like, for me, what was more jarring was the CG Colton Haynes and, and Tommy Merlin. <laughs> right. you know, I was like, Ugh. I couldn't <laughs> even tell who some of them were. They were so blurry. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I kind of guessed who they were from the lines they were, you know, uh, re, re, you know, doing there. I, I, I did appreciate that you told me what the one about Tommy meant, though, when Merlin was talking about him, though, because I didn't know he but was yeah. on a, a, a hospital show set in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. That was a great joke. I, I did pause to laugh at that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's unless you guys want to talk more about the arrow part, that's you know enough for that one. But. Uh, you know, I liked the Flash part. Uh, Flash was the best one. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I thought about, you know, how the team-up was going to work and everything, and I thought that was one of the great traditional ways of handling and of, you know, you force the team against itself mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the mind control aspect. But, well, and the mind control aspect, fine. I, I just, again, didn't care for how the, the secret, quote-unquote, comes out about, you yeah. know, Barry's message and Cisco because he's also being a child right now, is, you know, like, you need to tell him, and I'm just mad at Barry, and um, And then, yes, okay, everyone's pissed off at Barry, rightly so, because, yeah, he screwed up. He did something yeah. that affected all of their lives in, in one way or another and to a certain degree. But again after they have finished fighting each other because of the mind control, then suddenly it's like, hey, Barry, you know what? Whatever you did, we're still behind you. It's like, he did nothing to earn that! <laughs> what, yeah, what the, uh, the hilarious part about that is, it's like, we're going to be mad at Barry for changing these little things in our life, and then we're going to learn later on that Barry is the reason the aliens are freaking here attacking us, mm-hmm. but that's cool. We're not going to give you to them. You stay. Well, what was up? I at least appreciate that they they kind of threw it back on Cisco. You know, in Legends in the Legends of Tomorrow part, where he takes something and doesn't realize what kind of repercussions that can actually have. So it is. uh, I think it is the best way they could have wrapped that up. Instead of it being like, oh no, one of them's in trouble, the other one comes to save them, oh hey, everything's okay again. This was actually like Cisco understanding like how easy it is to actually change the timeline and not realize it, even though Barry did it, you know. To uh, want to do the right thing and have yeah, it just... For the good reasons, but then you don't realize what the repercussions are going to be. The problem with that was there wasn't a good reason for them to go back in time, the Legends of Tomorrow part. It was, in well, fact, yeah, the stupidest thing too. that they could do. <laughs> even, again, I hate bringing my daughter into this, but even my daughter's like, seriously? She's like, after all the problems they have screwing things up in history, they're going to go back in time? And I'm like, I know, honey, just, just wait for it. <laughs> That's how superheroes solve problems. <laughs> you know, the whole crossover, as awesome as the awesome parts were, it felt like they came up with it like two weeks before they they start had to shoot it. It's like we need, we, we got to do this. Let's have aliens. You got well, why one didn't long they just weekend. Do, like, they could have just done Starro. I mean, <laughs> Starro. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Like Starro is actually like a credible threat when you think about like the heroes it can attach itself to and what mm. kind of a, an issue that would be. You know, if you spend two episodes where it's Starro using the heroes against each other, and the next two are kind of more like the government is pissed off at the superheroes, um, and and then they have to kind of like fight through that. You know, there's yeah. 
instead of, I mean, again, the Dominators could have been an interesting thing if they'd actually given them some, you know, some kind of an actual story. Right. I mean, well, the, all there should have been, it shouldn't have just been suddenly this crossover happens from an alien attack and then bam, it's over with. This should have been built up, you know, mm-hmm. small little hints, a slow burning flame in all the shows for an entire season. Uh, you could have had the Dominators moving from universe to universe and that would have been a more organic way to bring supergirl into it as well because Mm -hmm. her her earth would have been just as threatened as earth one it just it didn't feel it felt forced really really forced Uh, i i do need to bring in one thing though uh that i thought about uh with sam talking about you know uh team ups and whatnot is that uh we have not mentioned that the hall of justice debuted (laughs) in this crossover (laughs) And uh, I feel like that's really important to bring up because uh, I squeed. Of course, the Flash would show it too because the Flash is all about that kind of stuff. So it, it's really it, it's so fitting that the show would be like, oh hey, here's the Hall of Justice. Now back to the action, right? <laughs> In Central City, though. (laughs) There were weird choices in the crossover, too, and part of it was because what characters they could use in which parts because, you know, they hadn't been around as long, so they didn't want them in all three. Because things like, why did they bring just the little dropship originally with most of the legends but leave Nate and Amaya behind on the Wave Rider? Why did they arrive with the whole Wave Rider right at the beginning? Uh, mm-hmm. There was also the weird thing where Ollie suddenly, even though he's the one with the most experience and would be the most likely to be the leader, uh, you know, wants Barry to be the leader, even though he's just whispering to Barry everything he needs to do. And even Sarah calls him out on it, like, yeah. <laughs> like we can't hear you're telling him everything. No, just to pretend, yeah. Just so it can be a bigger deal. Clever. Just so it can be a bigger deal when Barry's when this thing comes out from future Barry that it's like, oh, we're not going to follow you. You know, <laughs> well, and, and even then, it, it does. It's it's like okay, we have this threat, and you're mad at Barry. Fine, but you're gonna really sideline him. Like Barry and Ollie are your two most experienced, technically, in mm-hmm. terms of like how long they've been doing what they've been doing. And you're just like, no, we're cool. You guys can just like stay here. Like <laughs> it's it's so high school to the point where you're like, why are you guys even teaming up? I mean, this just doesn't even seem like this is gonna work out. <laughs> But but for every one of those moments, we had like a Mick Supergirl interplay moment. Yes, where <laughs> I'm going to call you Skirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't need your help. And then it's immediately followed by, "Oh, help a Supergirl!" <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, "Call me." <laughs> Basically, anytime Kara inter- interacted with anyone was pretty much priceless. I loved. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. Oh, I yeah. love the group hug at the end where Ollie clearly hates it, but he's thinking <laughs> this woman can snap me in half if she wanted to, so I just need to go with it. Even <laughs> Felicity being like, it's like looking in a mirror. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Brandon Ruth saying, she looks like my cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There were, that's just it. There were a lot of little fan service yeah. moments yeah. like that, which made it in the end for me worthwhile or even just little things like felicity and cisco like yeah we're going on this there's a machine we're going on it you know Mm -hmm. because uh, because this is what we've always wanted we've uh, honestly the dominator story was secondary to just seeing the interactions between all these characters yeah Yeah. i mean like we've been talking about this is where these these shows uh really shine is like how the characters interact with each other and especially in the crossovers how the different characters from the different shows interact um, is is always the highlight. It it would just I think be a lot better of them to to make real stories 
That would yeah. that would be delightful. If I had a note, that I would agree. be it. Agreed. I mean, if, if you take the time to think about it, then Kara yeah. should have yeah. <laughs> brought, uh, you know, Jean with her, yes. and Monel, and, oh, you know, her, yeah, Team Earth 37. How do you uh, not bring Martian Manhunter over to a crossover? To an alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jesus, like that's that's like two parts of your Justice League, like right there. Yeah, I know. It's like John, these guys want to do to Earth what the White Martians wanted to do. I'll get them. You know, I mean, kill so. them all. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I did like that they gave ten minutes for wrap up at the end, mm-hmm. so we got a lot of that. You know, sort of. You know, we built everything up to the the big battle, and then they got to have those moments where they were even still kind of basking in the 100 episodes of Arrow, even though it was Legends of Tomorrow, where, you know, Sarah and Ollie talk about how it all started with them. Uh, You know, uh, Diggle had his moment again to talk about how, you know, stuff has gotten weird, but, you know, he likes that he's, you know, part of this, he knows these people. And then Barry and Ollie just get to have a drink together. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That was, like, my one of my favorite parts. (laughs) It's like, what would we do? Right. <laughs> Just have a drink. Well, I mean, these are two people that, through any other circumstances, would not be friends. Yeah. Right? They would have never met. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like when you become best friends with that person, that coworker, who under other circumstances, you'd probably hate their guts or, or just have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah, no, I mean, and again, like we've been saying, like the the character exchanges are the best thing, and and certainly Ollie and Barry as as friends has been one of the shining moments of both shows at times. So, Mm -hmm. like, they, I think they earned that moment. Like, that was an actual earned moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, and it carried on from what had happened to Ollie, because he was talking about the whole normal life aspect and what if he had never Mm -hmm. been on the boat and everything else. And so then Barry sort of considered it too. So it was kind of, it just brought the whole thing together. And, and from a character perspective, <laughs> right? From a bear, from, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I actually made it. Happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, from a character, so Barry should have been like, uh, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And and I liked that he showed Ollie the time vault. Um, mm-hmm. which was a surprise because we hadn't seen it for so... I mean, they hadn't shown the newspaper in it for so long. Um, yeah. And I like that he showed that aspect of it to Ollie. And that Ollie basically told him, why are you worrying about it? It's a weird newspaper. Which is such <laughs> yeah. an Ollie reaction. It's, it's so weird. Ollie was like, this this doesn't help. Like, just yeah. stop it. <laughs> if it's not directly in front of him and he can't punch it or shoot an arrow at it, it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, take it to bed. Those are his three yeah. go-to moves. <laughs> that, that would be an accurate summation of Oliver Queen. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me find this Jennifer Greer who's written this article now, and I'll sleep with her, and then I'll figure out. <laughs> Problem solved. You're welcome, Barry. <laughs> Yeah. Does but that I, name mean I, anything? Was that a reference? Because, I mean, I don't know DC very well. Is Jennifer Greer a character? Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't spring to mind, okay. um, but you can always look it up on the smartphone. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I was just curious. I mean, it just kind of came to me right now of because that because I, I watch everything twice because I, my wife and I watch it and then we'll show it to my daughter because uh, I need to anticipate the questions she'll have and stuff like that. And I also want to <laughs> be able to pay attention because she asks me questions constantly through every episode. So. <laughs> 
you know. Yeah, it would have been interesting if they had used like a, another known journalist. Like they could have used Lois Lane for crying out loud. No. Um, can they? I don't know. Because then that's kind of close to uh, Supergirl's Earth. Hmm. But they could have done Linda Park or you know any any yeah. other journalist. But I, oh, if I had oh, to guess, Lin- Linda Allen Park. Park. And then be like, oh, whoa, suddenly Linda's <laughs> married to him in the well, future. Or, or Linda West. That would have been. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's probably like just one of the crew or it's an homage to someone behind the scenes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I was just curious because, I mean, they, they load these things up with so many references. that Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. Easter eggs that I didn't know if that might be a character from the comics. So, um, but anyway. <laughs> So, um, Ryan, did you have anything more to say about the crossover? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, I was fine with the entire crossover, ups and downs, until Cisco just pulls out of his ha- pocket, you know, a handheld device, dimensional rift creator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kara uh, to use anytime she wants to come back and bring friends. I mean, if you think about that, the power that would be necessary, it just. The, 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 oh no no the technology involved it's like no <laughs> a thousand times no Cisco can't just build a dimensional rift device that runs on a cell phone battery it, I just no, it, it just no, no, I, Ryan, I, missing I, it. you're missing <laughs> it it just calls Cisco so he opens the breach it would still have to call him through dimension <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was, whatever. Why isn't Cisco richer than Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Well, see, here's the thing, yeah. Ryan. You complain about how it's so hokey for Kara to be on another Earth because then that makes the con- the crossover so convoluted because they have to find a reason to go to another Earth where now they created the thing that makes it so it's not convoluted anymore and you have a problem with it. No, now it's just entirely stupid. <laughs> this is the thing. You're, you know how season one of Flash, everyone was like, well, why doesn't Oliver just call Flash right. <laughs> every time? So now it's just, well, why don't they just call Kara? You know? <laughs> so I don't know. It just merged them, and then you can have the, the accidental meeting. So they wouldn't have to be deliberate or on purpose. But that's a whole other conversation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm willing to have it. But right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're probably – we're going a little long, so it's probably not the right time. <laughs> yeah. And plus I'm right. Oh. <laughs> Another 15 minute tirade I need to go on. <laughs> Crisis now! <laughs> oh, well, I laugh, but that's probably going to be the title of the season a premiere of The Flash next season. Anyway, mm. Crisis now. It's like Apocalypse it's Now, just, just different. But anyway, it's. it's now! <laughs> uh, Sam, do you have anything more to say about the crossover? Uh, no, I think we covered it. It's it's definitely flawed, but again, the moments, the, the little moments here and there make it watchable. So, uh, yeah, it's whatever. Be care. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully they'll learn from this and maybe not try to, to do something like that again. <laughs> you know, I will say this. They've progressively gotten better, the crossovers. Yeah. This is the third one. It was better than the second, which was better than the first. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with. It. Next year, well, great. although I'll <laughs> say nothing beats <clears throat> nothing beats the episode of the Flash in the first season where Ollie guest starred. It just wasn't really a crossover. Um, you mm-hmm. know, th- th- that was a wrong thing to call it because it was really just Ollie guest starring on the Flash. But to me, that yeah. was still the best time that we've had the two of them together. That was the best utilization of them in the same show. I. I I felt like they never got that again. It's the one that made the most sense, story-wise. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, they're, they're definitely getting better. They were definitely better than last year's. 
Well, and the problem with last year, well, I was going to say the problem with last year was Vandal Savage was such a sucky villain the way that they used him, but the Dominators were a sucky villain the way they used him, so it doesn't help. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but it, They're all sucky. <laughs> but oh well, maybe they'll figure it out by the 2024. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Season 10 of The Flash. Sad part is, sad part is we'll still be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. I think that wraps things up. Uh Sam, Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. And thank you for talking for such a long time about the three uh Oh you know we could have actually gone longer. Oh no, I know. I mean tired. Ryan and I could have had our conversation about merging the worlds. Oh no, you should see my notes. I mean I've still got like half a page of words without lines uh drawn through them. (laughs) Yeah, I I felt that uh rather than go episode by episode and really get into the meat of it that uh, we could only do the broad strokes here but um, there's certainly more to say Um, and the crazy thing is even though I'm disappointed in a lot of the shows uh, with Berlanti right now I'm still going to watch all of them because there's enough good stuff that comes and enough good stuff that comes unexpectedly that I don't want to miss any of it suddenly like I didn't know what to expect from Superman but Superman was wonderful Uh, you know stuff like that where it's like I never want to miss uh you know uh, when they do look, it right look, if i have the opportunity to get a king shark i'm <laughs> i'm always going to keep coming back <laughs> so. you know I, I will say at this point in time when you've got a universe that's four shows across i kind of think maybe the 22 episode format doesn't work anymore maybe they need to go down to like the 10 episodes get it tighter and more concise and on point well and that's the thing it works when it works and it doesn't when it doesn't because like season two of the flash i definitely feel could have been done in 13 episodes Mm -hmm. and i felt like because they made it 22 that a lot of that dragged on uh the season three of arrows another example of a season that dragged on like way past where it needed to their their problem is that they set up a villain that really only meant to last for like 10 episodes they Mm. they they seem to think that they can still do this like season entire season long arc when in fact they're the villain how they write them currently i mean unless they do a drastic change in how they actually structure and write episodes they they need to set up smaller villains to take on in a shorter amount of episodes yeah because otherwise they're just doing filler right because i don't think season one of the flash could have worked as 13 episodes but it was fantastic as 22 and the same thing with season two of arrow was fantastic as 22 episodes where every episode mattered and it it was because they had a clear line of focus and when you have that then yeah you can stretch that out over 22 episodes because everything's informing the next one Mm -hmm. but once they get into that kind of like weird complacent stage where they're like okay we'll just like do this thing and we'll figure it out you know when they when they do that that's where it all starts suffering like so they really have to like refocus on smaller arcs that can maybe like both add up to something bigger but i think that every time they try and do these like longer ass arcs it just doesn't it just doesn't work i think the way they really want it to yeah well especially when they're crossing shows and so forth i mean mm-hmm. you know 80 what 88 episodes versus well at legends isn't 22 but nevertheless three full seasons and then legends versus uh, 
it, it's just it, it it drags at your uh, your attention span, frankly. Um, who's no one really necessarily has time for that anymore. They they're they're at the point now where they're taking the viewers for for granted. No, mm-hmm. no, it's it's true. I mean, it will be interesting to see if Legends, which got extended, it's now seventeen episodes. If it feels like half of it is filler, or if all seventeen, you know, when we get to the end, will we say, "Wow, that was a good season," or will we say, "Man, that took way too long to get to the end"? <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> so, that was we'll so, so far, I don't think they've wasted a lot of time because they did have to establish Nate and Amaya. They did have to establish the villain team up. And so if there's a true through line through the back half of the season, I think it'll be okay. But if there's a lot of filler still, then I'll feel like 17 episodes was more than they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The pacings on Legends has been good this season, for sure. Well, I like the fact they can actually do something right. now instead of like 12 episodes of we can't actually defeat Savage. <laughs> we can't defeat that. You know what? We can't defeat Savage, which was just like, it was just oh, such a slog. But anyway. It actually turns out we can <laughs> defeat right? Savage. <laughs> Oh, that's why the, the one episode I really liked in the first season was the Wild West one because it had nothing to do with Savage and it actually affect change, you know, in the situation. So anyway, go figure. Yeah. All right, but again, thank you for being on, guys. Before we talk again, <laughs> uh, Sam, why don't you uh, say goodbye and uh, let people know where they can find you? Uh, goodbye, Internet. It was nice knowing you, but I have to go to my home planet now. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, basically if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can so at darling underscore Sammy S A M M Y. Um, I you can also go to maniacalgeek.com and uh, read stuff that I will hopefully by the time this comes out be writing a bit more of because I've been on a tiny bit of a hiatus. Uh, and you can also find the uh, podcast there for that girl with the curls, uh, which will also hopefully be coming back from my <laughs> my tiny little hiatus. So uh, yeah, that's probably the best uh, best ways to find. And uh, Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Well, as usual, I will never say goodbye to the internet. Um, I'm always watching it, and uh, even when it doesn't think I am, that's what my phone and laptop and desktop and everything is for. My TV, you know. Um, But let's say they can find me at geekstranger.com. Sure, why not? Maybe I'll have stuff up there uh, by the time this comes out. You know? <laughs> and uh, otherwise, you can find me on many fine venues like this, the 42 cast, and uh, anywhere else I'm invited to opine endlessly. Well, thank you both once again. And uh, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> if you can't find uh, anything new from Ryan, at least you'll find his musings on Batman v Superman, which is up on Geek Stranger. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff there, but yeah, nothing's in summer. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can listen to my thriller rant on <laughs> Batman versus Superman on the podcast as well. <laughs> you know, part of the fun I'm going to have doing this podcast is that I now get to rant about every movie that I want to rant about too. So, <laughs> ranting is fun and cathartic, right. kids. <laughs> well, so when you do your Rogue One, I'm I want to sign. I'm volunteering for that one right now. Yeah, I, I actually think that what I'm going to do is where everyone else tries to do everything opening weekend, and I usually can't do that. I think what I'm going to do is uh, do uh, reviews a little after the movie has come out so that I can get more people on board and also get more potential listeners because I know I avoid podcasts that talk about uh, movies that I haven't seen. Oh yeah. No hurry. Just when it happens. But uh, but no, it has been in the back of my head. 
But um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so so this has been the 42 cast. Uh, I thank everyone again for listening to the show. Uh, let us know uh, what you like, what you didn't like. And you can do that by emailing us at everything at 42 cast.com. Uh, probably by the time this debuts, um, I'm going to be more assertive and say by the time this debuts, we will have a 42 cast Facebook page. And, uh, uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter as underscore blogger underscore who. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, join us back next week, uh, when we'll be talking about some other awesome topic in the geeky sphere. And until then, take care. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.